the judge, guys. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. So glad that you joined us this morning, and I am thankful that the smoke is not as bad today. Why don't you come on up? Everybody in back, there's plenty of room up here. We've got some shade today as well. And we're going to join together as fellowship, and let's praise our Lord. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to read um, Psalm 95, because that's what we're going to start with this morning. It says, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Father God, we thank you for your presence here this morning, and we praise you for your name is hallowed. Father, we love you, and we come into your presence, and may our shouts of joy and the lifting of our hands, the music that we play, Lord, be incense to you. We praise you, and we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Join with us in singing this song. Worship. 
is so good. And if you're just joining us this morning or you don't yet have a relationship with the Lord, let me tell you why we're a little bit different. We believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God who came to save us from our sin, but not just that. He came to be our forerunner, to be our elder brother, and invited us in to live as Jesus did when we receive his Holy Spirit in us. That's an amazing thing, that we can live here in this broken world, that we can have freedom in Christ, be set free in him. He's so great, and he deserves all honor and glory. And We're going to sing about the great things he has done this morning. Join with us as we sing great things. Let us 
captive and break every chain, oh God, you have done sing praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, you every morn. Our sins, they Amen. 
is the prayer of our heart this morning. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. And I Yeah. 
without you. Thank you that you have adopted us as your children. That we, we can sit under the shadow of your wings, Lord. You're our refuge, our hope in a broken world. Thank you that you're our Father and we can come to you as your little children. Now I pray that you speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Morning. Hey, let's give the band a round of applause and thank them for leading us in worship. And thank you. I was thinking how cool it was just watching Colin play on the piano. Colin grew up in our church, went to youth group in our church, went to college, came back. Now he's here serving the Lord. So good to have you back, buddy. Um, Colossians chapter one. I think we're going to conclude the. Uh, chapter this morning. This is a series that we've been in, and if I haven't met you yet, my name is Jesse. Uh, for the most part, I have the great privilege uh, to preach the word each week, but I'm more than anything just part of a wonderful uh, staff of leaders and believers and, and pastors and deacons and elders here, and so just, just thankful for all of them. A couple things, if you are new, we have an app. Uh, go to your little iTunes store, your Google store, go there, sign up, uh, and download that. We um, have all of our information there. We have a lot of things that are going on, so much so that I can't mention all of them on a Sunday, and so it's important that you're going to the webpage, it's important that you're getting the newsletter if you haven't signed up for that, or going to the app so that you can know all the great things that are happening. So a couple that I'll mention here this morning, number one, uh, several of you contacted me this week and some of the other leaders and asked, are, are we going to be outside? Are we going to be outside? It is so incredibly difficult to just move inside within a few days' notice, so we're outside. Thank you for being here in spite of the smoke. Obviously, you believe that Jesus is better than getting lung cancer, so we love having you here. Um, the, uh, we are, though, planning on moving inside uh, for two services, 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., the first Sunday of September. Uh, we'll give you a little bit of insight. We're going to be kind of monitoring attendance when we first go inside. Uh, Numbers-wise, we're pushing pretty close to probably adding a third service. Uh, and so be praying for us and the volunteers if that's something we need to do. Financial Peace University, if you want to learn how to handle God's money the right way, that's coming up. Women's Retreat is coming up. Uh, our mentors, women's group is coming up. And so 
want to make you aware of that. And then I want to make you aware of something I'm going to mention in the next few weeks uh, this month that, that's kind of a, a big change for us as a church, uh, a big change for the staff, and some of you are aware of it. I've mentioned it before, but after 30-plus years of ministry, Brad and Pam Franklin, who've been working with Sierra Bible Church, are retiring at the end of this month. This is their last month. So can we just give them a, a big thank you right now for all their service? Um, where Pam's been here longer than any other staff member. Uh, we, uh, we have made plans to transition Joe Casey, who's our children's director. He's going to be taking Br uh, Brad's position. Amy Kraft, who's been with us for several years, was actually trained at the same church I was trained at. She's going to be taking the administrative assistant position in the front office. Uh, but one of the things we're mentioning, we want to mention this month is this. It's just kind of a tradition here to, to, to uh, give a big thanks to our staff as they transition and, and, and move on and do different things. We've set aside in our budget uh, some funds to give Brad and Pam as a thank you as they move to Texas with their family. And I just want to mention to you, if you want to extend that and you want to uh, give them a thank you, just put in your offering that it's for Brad and Pam, and we'll make sure uh, that that goes towards them uh, for, uh, for their retirement. And so some pretty neat things there uh, as we transition. Pray for us. Lots of changes all the time, just in a season of change, yeah? Um, and with that, let's put all that fun stuff to the side, and let's, let's get into the Word this morning. Colossians chapter 1, verse 22. Uh, verses 22 through 29, the tag of the message this morning is celebrating the church and its sufferings, or celebrating the church and her sufferings. I've got three points this morning. The, the first one, that we're going to celebrate afflictions. I know that sounds probably exciting for some of you. Celebrate secrets revealed and celebrating being stretched and growing. And so with that, would you stand with me as we honor the, the reading of God's Word? We do this every Sunday because we just deeply are filled with gratitude that God has given us His written Word, and so we want to give the Word honor uh, and love and respect by positioning our hearts and our bodies to receive it. Verse 21, chapter 1, book of Colossians. And you... Oh, I'm sorry, uh, I don't want to do that yet. Verse 24. Now, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body. That is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship of God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me. Lord, illuminate your scripture to us this morning. Strengthen our faith and bring us to a greater understanding of who you are. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Please be seated. Let me just, before we get into celebrating afflictions, let's, let's just talk about celebration. What are the things that you celebrate? One of the sayings we have every now and then around uh, the church here is what gets celebrated gets duplicated. 
that which we rejoice in, that which we kind of get excited about, tends to, uh, tends to be uh, replicated, duplicated, and continues to happen. Paul specifically here, now remember, again, for context, Paul didn't plant this church. He's actually never met the people of this church, but he's met the pastor of the church, and the pastor of the church has made the journey from Colossae to where Paul is being imprisoned currently for his faith, and he's bringing report of the church and the struggles that are occurring in the church, that there's actually heretics in the church. There are difficult people in the church, and, and they need a, a letter of encouragement from Paul, the great Paul, who was converted on the, on the road uh, uh, by Jesus appearing to him, the great Paul, who was once a murderer of Christians, who is now preaching the gospel and is in prison for the gospel. Paul, can you send this church as kind of one of the main builders of the church? Can you send back some encouragement to these folks? So Paul writes this letter with the intention that it would be read to all of the churches in Colossae. And so he writes great words of, of rebuke towards the heretics, a, a message of the centrality of the gospel that we have to keep Jesus first and preeminent above all things. And now Paul is telling us that he's celebrating, and specifically he's celebrating his afflictions. And I just want to ask the question, first of all, how, how well do you suffer? How good are you when trials and, and struggles and hardships and persecution comes. I saw a, um, an article uh, this week that literally mentioned that uh, this was basically the heading of the article, that the reason the pandemic is continuing is because evangelical Christians are refusing the vaccine. Hey, that's a legitimate narrative. So when people come and say, the church is not really being persecuted. I say, you, you are not paying attention. We are going to be blamed, whether it's now or not. Now, now I'm, I'm, not, I'm not this prophet guy that's going to stand up and say, yeah, the vaccine is the mark of the beast and all this. I don't get into all that nonsense. But I do believe God is giving us a glimpse. One day, friends, the church will be blamed for society's ills and we will be persecuted in a way that you could never think or dream of. And somebody said, that would never happen in America. It happened. It well happened. Paul is being persecuted now for his faith, and he's saying, I celebrate this. I'm celebrating my, my travail. I'm celebrating my struggle because he's saying, I, I, I have hope in the gospel. That's what we should celebrate. Let me just mention a couple things here before we get into celebrating afflictions that, that, that just as Christians, we should be known that no matter what, we celebrate. No matter what, we should be known as a celebrating folk. That's why it's important for us to continue to sing. It's important for us to continue to gather because we need to be seen as a church that celebrates the grace, the forgiveness, the mercy, the compassion, the awesomeness, the sovereignty of God. Amen? In spite of anything and everything, we come together and we raise our hands and we sing and we rejoice and we say amen. First Timothy, <laughs> thank you. First Timothy, first uh, chapter one, verse 12, uh, Paul tells Timothy, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and he appointed me to serve him. Though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ and in insolence, I persecuted his people but God had mercy on me. It's a place of service, Paul says. It is a great hope 
in the gospel. The reality is even though Paul is kind of the pastor or the overseer of all of these different churches and all of these different leaders, he's letting us also know that you and I also have the ministry of reconciliation, that we have a ministry, that we should celebrate in that ministry, that we should have hearts of service, that we should stretch ourselves even into hardships and uncomfortability, and boy, we should celebrate. One of my favorite passages, 2 Samuel. You remember the story? The Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God, has been taken away. And this is a major deal. This is a heartbreaking thing. The presence of God is no longer with his people within the symbolic Ark of the Covenant. And and David finally is able to go get the Ark of the Covenant, and he brings it back. And as he's entering into the city and bringing back the Ark of the Covenant, do you remember what David's doing? He's dancing. It literally says he takes off his robes, and he's down into his skivvies, and he's breaking it down for the Lord. He's dancing for God. And if you remember the rest of the story, it makes he, his wife is so distraught by his dancing, she gets mad at him. Now, I've never danced so hard that my wife has gotten mad at me. But he was being so shameless for God that his wife even got upset with him. And one of the things that Paul says this, this is my first point, we celebrate afflictions. Like Paul, we celebrate afflictions. And this is what Paul is saying. Listen to the wordings here. This is, it's an interesting wording. It, it actually, it actually is, is pushing into something that, that even some have taken these verses and made themselves heretics because they haven't taken out the rest of what is inside the context of especially chapter 1. He says, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, for in my flesh I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. He says, he says, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually suffering, and what I'm doing is I'm suffering, and I'm, I'm adding to Christ's afflictions. If, if you read it at first, it almost sounds like what he's saying is, is Christ's afflictions were not sufficient. But that's not what he's saying, because we know that when Jesus died on the cross, he said, he said what? It is finished. What he's actually saying here is this, is he's saying, I am taking great joy and that I'm sharing in the afflictions, or what, or what theologians call sharing in the woes of the Messiah. A great theologian N.T. Wright says he's drawing on an ancient Jewish belief according to which a time of great suffering would form the dark valley which, which through Israel and the world must pass to reach the age to come. Here's basically Old Testament, New Testament reality There was a suffering in the Old Testament, and through the suffering of the Old Testament was the birth of the Messiah. Then the Messiah came, our king. He suffered to bring about a new kingdom, which is the church. Are you with me? The the sufferings of the Old Testament bring about the goodness of the Messiah. The sufferings of the Messiah bring birth to the church. Jesus' sufferings have brought you and I together under the banner of grace and forgiveness. Okay, what does that have to do with me? Well, what does that have to do with Paul? Paul's now saying there's a suffering in the church age that is going to birth the second coming of Jesus. Are you with me? Sufferings in the Old Testament to bring about the Messiah, suffering of the Messiah to bring about the church, and the church will go through sufferings to bring about the second coming of Jesus. And what Paul is saying is, I'm not adding to the suffering 
I'm in the continuation of the suffering. And what Paul's also saying, which I love as a pastor, this is going to minister to me probably more than it's going to minister to you. Paul's saying, listen, this is what's happening here. What's happening is that Paul, who's kind of seen as the head of the church, he, he, he's the one that the Roman government and the Jews are saying, he's the problem, let's arrest him, let's focus on him, let's drag his butt into jail, and let's make sure we lock this guy up so the church doesn't propagate and the church doesn't grow. But guess what's happening while everyone's focusing on Paul? The church of Colossae is growing. And what he's saying is, he's saying, I'm willing to take the brunt and the focus of the suffering so that those who are in the, the right kind of leadership and authority will, will focus on the suffering that your leaders have taken within Seer Bible Church to ensure that your faith will be strengthened in this season, that you'll grow into maturation towards Jesus Christ, that God would be glorified, that the church would not shrink in fear, but rather stand in courage in the midst of hardship, difficulty, fear, and persecution. This is really what Paul is, is somewhat saying. He's saying, I'm, I'm sharing in the sufferings of Jesus, and he's not putting the focus on himself, but can, can we just give a hearty thank you to God for men in this season with a backbone to not let culture dictate what the Bible teaches us to do. <clears throat> Paul says a couple different things. Well, author of Hebrews says a couple things. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, he's talking about the men of faith. He's talking about those in the Old Testament, talking about all the saints who've died before us. Let us also lay aside every weight, every sin which clings so closely to us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for who the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. You see, he says a couple of things in Hebrews. First, first thing he says is, because of the gospel, get rid of your sin. You have addiction? Get rid of it. Lust in your heart? Get rid of it. All that stuff that clings to you? Get rid of it. Are you someone that covets? You want someone else's stuff? Get rid of it. Lay it aside because we have great witnesses around us who've run the race before us and they've done it well. And then he says, just like Jesus, with the joy set before him and he endured the cross. Remember I said, we celebrate in our sufferings, we celebrate in our hardship, we celebrate in our affliction because there's joy set before us. The joy set before Jesus was what you and I are doing here together right now. This is what the text is telling us, that Jesus was willing to suffer a radical death because he knew he would give birth to the church. And likewise, we suffer knowing that Jesus is going to come back again, and the verse goes on and says, despising the shame, he later then was seated at the right throne of God, the right hand of the throne of God. Or I like how 2 Corinthians puts it, we're afflicted in every way. How many ways are we afflicted? Okay, so let's just be clear. The whole pandemic thing isn't the only persecution. The, 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 the affliction can come in every way. Remember what Paul said earlier? He's the king of both the visible and the invisible. So there's things that are going to afflict you visibly, a, a, a husband, a wife who doesn't like you, a, a job that doesn't appreciate you, or the church being afflicted, or whatever it might be. Afflictions come in all kinds of ways. But then Paul says, we're not crushed, we're not perplexed, 
We're not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying the body, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. This is what Paul's saying. This is what Paul's saying. I'm sharing in the sufferings of Christ. I'm carrying Jesus with me, and he sees all of his sufferings as understanding a taste of what Jesus went through. Okay, listen. The last year and a half has not been an easy year and a half. If if you're like me, the last 10 years haven't been easy. (laughs) Right? Some of you grew up in terrible homes. Some of you are still alienated from your parents. Some of you absolutely hate your job. Good news, there's lots of jobs available right now. You know that, don't you? Right? Some of you are upset with the state of California. Now you're upset with Reno, Nevada. Some of you travel from Reno because you're sick and tired of some of the garbage in Reno that you don't have to experience here. We love you, Reno. Thank you for being here. Right? We, we, we have all kinds of different afflictions, all kinds. According to Aristides, the parents thank God even more because the child would be one who passed through the world without encountering sin. Right? We, we're, our culture is so consumed with the here and the now and the protect what we have and to guard and to protect. I mean, only in America would we have a, 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 a show called Storage Wars. Only in America would we have a show on hoarding. Now, I'm sure that exists in other places in the world, but this is an American phenomenon. Why? Because in American culture, it's to seize the now and not to celebrate for what is later and not to celebrate the sufferings. It's okay if you do life with less. Like one of the greatest things you could do right now is go home and purge your home of all of your junk. Like just get rid of it. Because you don't own it, it ends up owning you, huh? Doesn't it? You've heard the state statement before. But do you re- really believe it? Like Paul, Paul's in prison. Suffering for the churches. And he's like, this is great. He's without a home. Who knows what kind of clothing he has. As far as we know, Paul probably, his wife probably left him because of the faith. So now he's single. Anybody upset that you're still single? Paul knows what it's like. Jesus knew what it was like. And the reason that we need to rejoice on our celebrate and celebrate within our sufferings is because it brings about at least three different things that make it, make it true. Number one, suffering brings intimacy with Christ. Paul just said it. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and that I may share in his sufferings becoming like him in his death. You know what else suffering is? It helps us understand. It's confirmation you're part of the church family. It's confirmation that you're a child of God. Listen very carefully to what Jesus said in the Gospels. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own because you're not of the world. But I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Too many churches in the last year and a half have cared far too much what the world thinks. 
that the world would love them, that, the, that they wouldn't somehow disdain the message of the gospel. My friends, we have been called out of the world to gather as a church family regardless of the persecution that happens. And you know why part of me is excited about this message? Number one, because it's here in the Word. Number two, it's about the church of which I love and I have sacrificed a ton for. And if you don't believe me, ask my wife. Just ask her how much we have sacrificed as a family. And it's well worth it. And everybody's on board for it, including the kids, because we told them so. And it's okay if the world hates you. It's okay. It's okay if they don't understand you. It's okay if they don't get it. Second Timothy, Paul told, it, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And the other reason, because I love the Bible and I love the Word and I love what's in here and I give my life for it, the other reason I, I love how God just wraps things up and makes them so apropos is because in a few weeks' time, we're moving inside. And you know what that brings for us as leaders, don't you? Well, you know what happens when you're inside. You know you can die if you go inside. I'm not trying to mock. I know some of you, and I, I want to handle this with great humility. You, you have fear, and you're worried, and you're concerned, and I totally understand. I'm willing to die for the gospel, but I'm not willing to die for health mandates. I'm not willing to die for, for what scientists say or don't say. I'm just, I'm just as confused with all of it as all of you. And the, the only thing that I know is that God has called us as your leaders to preach the gospel, to disciple you unto the Lord, and to be willing to take whatever persecution comes because of that. <clears throat> we don't want you to be fearful. But we obviously know I've had COVID. I know what it feels like. It was 10 days of just this absolutely is awful. I, I would not wish it upon anybody. Even the majority of you at this point have had it. <laughs> it I don't want it on. I don't. And if you're worried about that, we're going to do our best to continue to provide an online forum. We want you to feel comfortable wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. Because it's not our job to tell you to do the things that Scripture never mandates you to do or don't do. They become issues of conscience. Some of you drink alcohol and some of you shouldn't. It's not my job to tell you which ones drink and which ones don't. It's your job to know whether you have an addictive problem or you don't have an addictive problem. It's the Holy Spirit's job to lead you and to guide you. But the one thing we know that we have to do is preach the goodness of Jesus Christ to as many people as possible. And we know that God has called us to come together as a family. And when the world hates you for the decisions that you're going to make, just know that it's normal. Absolutely normal. Can I share some good news, though? There was a little, little uh, thing that was put out, and I hope this sounds good in the right way. Who knows? It, I don't answer emails anymore, so <laughs> I just quit. I quit email. I quit Outlook. And I quit all social media. So I saw a thing really interesting in our community. The chief of police put out a thing that he's uh, 
he wants to start a, um, an advisory committee. So he's looking for volunteers. And so I thought, you know what? I represent a lot of people, represent a lot of people of faith. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll sign up for that and see what happens. Kind of thinking maybe the town and, you know, they wouldn't want a, a Christian guy on the board, but, hey, I'm going to do it in faith anyway. So we got someone read it. Someone called me and said, hey, we're looking at your applications. We've got a lot of people who've applied. You know, we'll get back to you if we want you on the board. Thanks for applying, this, that, and the other thing. So I'm on my way to the gym. I get a phone call, and it's the chief of police in town. He said, we would absolutely love to have you on our board. So, <clears throat> and then, and I said to him, listen, I just want to serve. I want to help. I want to I build and strengthen our community. And what I was very thankful for, in spite of all the things that we've done, he says to me, Jesse, I just want to let you know and your leaders know I'm so thankful for the work that you guys do in the trucking community. Praise God. Praise God. Now, at some point, hopefully I don't get hated in those meetings for what I say. But it shows us that we're con confirmed when the world hates us. And then every now and then, God opens up doors of favor. And he gives us an opportunity to share our faith. And lastly, our sufferings, they don't go unnoticed. Your hardship, your addictions, your thought life, God knows them and he knows that you're suffering through them. Even the spiritual stuff that is unseen that God is king over, he knows about it. And it will be rewarded one day. Romans 8, 17 says, if we're children, then we're heirs. And if we're heirs of God, we're fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And this is what I love. Next word here. For I consider that the sufferings of this present age, of this present time, are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. The only reason Christians end up anxious and fearful is because they're not thinking of the heavenly, eternal realm. Period. If anytime you have anxiousness, anytime that you have worry, it's because you have in that moment forgotten that the sufferings of this world are nothing compared to the eternity that we're going to spend in heaven. It's nothing. And so we have to have an understanding of suffering that is correct, just like Paul. And then we also rejoice, not just in our sufferings, and I'll speak briefly here to this in verse 26 for time's sake. Look at verse 26. He goes on and says, The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. He speaks of a mystery. He says, I'm rejoicing in your sufferings, but in a sense, he's also saying, saying, hey, church, we rejoice in the sufferings because the mystery has been revealed, and we've got to celebrate this great mystery. Now, what's interesting is Paul is literally pushing against the Colossian heretics who said that in order to be saved, you had to have a certain kind of secret knowledge. Okay, in order to know God, you had to know the secret things of God. You had to be behind the veil. You had to be a pastor. You had to be a priest. You had, you had to be a saint. You have to know certain things, a secret knowledge that's hidden. And if you have it, then you know God, and then you really are saved. And Paul's saying, no, guess what? The mystery is revealed. What's the mystery? Well, the mystery is, number one, that the word of God can be fully known. We can fully know this. The other mystery is that Jesus is the Messiah. The Old Testament shares with us 
that they were longing and waiting for the Messiah. And in the New Testament, that mystery is revealed. And you know what comes along with that mystery? The mystery of God incarnate. The mystery that God is with us. Even in our suffering and persecution, that God is in us. The mystery that the old dies and the new comes. The mystery that we're the temple of God and that we don't really even technically need a building. 2 Corinthians 6.16, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Right? We don't want to have idols in our lives, false gods in our lives, for we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them, I will walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. These mysteries have been revealed that God will be with you. The mystery of Jew and Gentile, the mystery of the church, these things are revealed to those who believe in Christ. This allows us, these mysteries revealed, to suffer well. And then Paul closes this section like this. Verse 28. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. So this is the last one, the stretching of our faith. Right? We celebrate suffering. We should. We should be known for our singing in the midst of struggle. We need to celebrate the fact that mystery is revealed. The, the church proclaims that mystery, that God is with us, that God is in us, and that he provides salvation to Jew, Gentile, male, female, for people from all of the world, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, both poor, rich, leaders, servants, all should know the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he says the ultimate goal of this is your growth. Do you see it? It's your maturation. That you'd be presented complete before God. See, the heretics, again, in Colossians, those who were persecuting the church in Colossians said said that, that those who believed, only those who were elite, only those who reached a certain status were complete. And the Bible says, no, 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 no. Actually, everyone who has faith is presented complete in Christ. So there's an already that we are complete and full, but a not yet that will continue to be growing. And Paul uses language that's true for him, true for me, and should be true for you. Verse 29, uh, he says, we labor and we strive. Some of you might have a little bit of a different translation. I know mine just read something a little different, but he literally is saying that he works, he labors to the point of exhaustion. That he's laboring for the church to the point of exhaustion. How many of you labor for the gospel to the point of exhaustion? Like you're tired. And that you strive. You know what that striving is? It's, it's actually Greek language for completing in an athletic event like the Olympics, which we just went through. Right? It's, it's struggle and, and trial and travail and working and studying and pouring into people's lives and doing hospital visits and helping the poor and helping as many people as you possibly can. And then one day... One day you'll get the crown, right? An Olympic athlete trains for four years for a perishable gold medallion. We train a lifetime for a crown of glory. We should be looking for leaders, pastors, and teachers who are willing to labor and work hard regardless of the reward that they will not get on this earth. I mean, I've told people before, you would not do what I do for what I get paid. 
It's offensive sometimes when people say, oh, you just work on Sundays. And I know they're joking. (laughs) I wish I only worked on Sundays. You know, it's something like 90% of pastors don't retire as pastors. Suicide rates amongst pastors and leaders are at an all-time high. Just saw a report of one of the largest churches in America, one of their lead teaching pastors. His wife just recently committed suicide. You know how and why that happens? Because pastors and leaders start to put their eyes on crowns that will come from this earth, and they will never come. There is no amount of gratitude that you can give me to make me keep going. Did you hear me? There is not enough money you can give me to keep me going. The only thing that keeps me going is the promise that Jesus will reward me in heaven with an intimate, unhindered relationship with him for eternity. That's why I do what I do. And, and, and I know some of you at times probably have questioned that. <laughs> Maybe just trade jobs with me for a week. Meet with people who are broken, hurting, wanting to kill themselves. Day in, day out, week by week, grind after grind, trial after trial, tribulation after tribulation. Oh, and by the way, I'm trying to raise four kids in this world. But you know what makes it worth it? The gospel makes it worth it. Jesus makes it worth it. Eternity makes it worth it. As one pastor said, apathy finds, a, finds an excuse, but passion finds a way. Hebrews 13.7 says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of the way of their life and imitate their faith. You know, as Paul is saying, I'm willing to die I'm willing to struggle. I'm willing to take the focus because it'll allow you to grow. I don't mean this in any egotistical way whatsoever. I just want you to know the covenant that I've made with Sierra Bible Church in this community. Like Paul, I and the other elders of this church consider the sufferings that which we can rejoice to take the focus of all of what society and culture says so that you as a younger believer can grow in your faith and not deal with the same persecution. But as you mature in the Lord, know that you too, as an ambassador of God, at some point in time, will be persecuted for your faith. And if you're not being persecuted for your faith, you have to ask why. You have to ask why. Your faith should be radical and faith-filled. And you should be serving the Lord with great passion and zeal. Work hard for the gospel because it's worth it. Amen? Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? Lord, I pray that you would put a rejoicing heart inside of our church. I know, Lord, that we cannot celebrate because of rewards on this earth, Lord. We can't celebrate persecution because of rewards here and now or that the world will love us or like us or do whatever, Lord. But we suffer, Lord, because we know that there is something beyond us, that secret revealed that God is in us, will work through us, and we will be with him in all eternity. 
And Lord, we celebrate the reality that 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 secret's been revealed and we celebrate our afflictions because it shows that we're truly Christians, but we also celebrate the reality that we are complete and that you're going to keep bringing us to maturation at the same time. The already and the not yet. We are complete, but we're still growing. May you grow our church. May you grow it in depth that we'd be driven into the goodness and the knowledge of God, maturation. But would you also continue to have grace upon us to grow numerically that more people who don't know you, who need your healing, who need your freedom, who need your peace, who need a relationship with you, who need a forgiveness of sins, that they would come to know you and follow you and also grow in maturation. We trust you to build your church now, Lord. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. God bless you. Amen. I encourage you guys when you wake up in the morning to set your minds and your hearts first thing on the Lord. And as the sun rises, remember his goodness. And I encourage you to read read a psalm every morning. And Psalm 106 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And we're going to sing that right now together. And I want you to remember this as as you go through your week. Let's sing. Sing praises to him, like Jesse said, as you go through your afflictions and suffering. We can sing and rejoice and have joy uh, in, in the midst of whatever circumstance you're going through. Let's sing forever.
joy and celebrate his love. Let's pray together that the Lord brings down some rain on these fires. He is powerful and sovereign, and he loves us, and, and um, you go out and love your neighbor this week. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.